Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast. I'm Mark Schoffman, a freelance personal finance journalist, and I'm joined by my financial planner friend, Joshua Gersler, who runs an advisory business called The Orchard Practice. Hello. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, you can check me out at www.cavendishcontent.com and Josh at www.topfs.co.uk. Each episode, we aim to give our perspective on the world of finance and money, and discuss some of the issues that crop up in business as well as everyday life. We hope that you'll learn something from our podcast as well as have some fun too. Regular listeners will know we've previously done a mortgage series where we've looked at guess how you get a mortgage, how to, how to repay a home loan, whether you should use a mortgage broker or go direct. We thought it'd be good to delve a bit deeper into the mortgage market and look at the lenders, those people who are actually giving out the money. So Katie from Accord Mortgages came to see us to tell us a little bit more about the brand. Over to you, Joshua. Why don't you... Shall I introduce Katie to our our guests? Okay. So we are excited and delighted to have with us today Katie Stevenson, who is a business development manager with Accord. And Accord are the um, intermediary-only lender of the Yorkshire Building Society. And Katie is, as I said, a business development manager there, been there for just over four years, just over four years, having previously worked as a litigation legal assistant. Oh, be careful. I've done my homework, Katie. I could even tell you what firm, Dryden's Fairfax Solicitors. So what made you change from Dryden's Fairfax Solicitors to become a business development manager, Katie? So I moved to IBS to be a collections agent, and then I didn't want to work at that end of the business anymore so I moved to the new business side to see the more positive side of the mortgage process not evicting people basically. so so I get so that so what the negative side is when people fall behind on their mortgage and you have to go and chuck them out that sort of thing yes so just speaking to them about their circumstances and yeah. you get vulnerable customers that must be pretty hard yes so now you're helping people rather than unhelping people yeah well was always trying to help people but the positive side getting seeing them getting their property okay so i often hear that being a bdm means you're the point of contact for mortgage intermediaries when there's a problem that's right yes so on a daily basis i could be speaking to a broker about valuations free legal providers underwriting requirements um, I'm not always the person that can solve the problem, but I'm always the person that the broker would go to to try and solve it. So acting as more of the middle person. Okay. And I can vouch for that, Mark, because okay. whenever I need any help with a mortgage with a cord, Katie's the first person I call. How always annoying is it when, when Josh calls you? He's not annoying. <laughs> he not? doesn't call too often. No, that's good. Is I that try and solve the problem myself first. Yeah. Okay. And then I go to Katie if I can't. So do you cover just a set area or, or just Josh? Or uh, No, you... so I've got postcodes all over the country. So yeah. my biggest one is Belfast. Oh, wow. Um, and then Watford, Cambridge, Lancaster. Um, I've got a little bit of Norwich as well. So literally all over the country. What's your favourite area? Watford, obviously. Yeah? <laughs> so that's near enough to us because we, we record in Boreham Wood. So I guess, yeah, that, that is our catchment. That's yeah, good. and whenever I call Katie, yeah. I 
for some reason, st- slip into a Yorkshire accent and try and copy her voice on the phone. Do you want to try your Yorkshire accent now? Hello, it's Katie from Accords. <laughs> can I, can I'm I help Kenny. you? Yeah. It could be you, Katie. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> Is that annoying? Do, do other people do that? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not just it's me not being annoying. annoying. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Is it? But yeah, everybody does it. I don't do it in an offensive way. No. Yeah. I do it in a jovial way. Yeah. Because I you, like Katie. Can you do a London accent? Or like no, a, I don't think no? so. No, that wasn't very good. That was rubbish. (laughs) Shall I carry on with some questions I've got here? Um, So the Yorkshire Building Society, as I understand it, includes Chelsea Building Society, Norwich and Peterborough, Egg, and a few other companies. What what are the advantages of an intermediary-only lender like Accord? I think the main benefit is the clients will have access to our products through you guys as a broker. So when you say clients, you're referring to the end borrowers? So your, yeah, your clients who okay. would be our end borrowers. Um, they wouldn't have access to those products in the market if they wanted to apply for the mortgage themselves. So if they went to Yorkshire Building Society, for example, would they get different rates as opposed to if they came to an intermediary and went to a court, or is it the same rates? It's not the same rates. So technically we operate separately so we have a separate product range better rates most of the time yeah and um, so the business that comes in via record averages about 70 to 80 percent of the ybs group's business okay so the focus is on intermediaries within the group so okay what makes a cord different to other lenders I think there's two things that make us different and set us apart. And I think that first one is the service proposition. So when you submit your application, you've got direct access to underwriting. You don't have that with a lot of lenders. The underwriters will pick up the phone and speak to you so as the broker. So our brokers who are listening will understand that. So for our, let's say, uh, end borrowers that are listening, what does that mean then that if a broker has direct access to an underwriter? So it just means basically that if they have any questions, they can tick things off a lot quicker. Um, they can, If they've got any issues at all, picking up the phone and just ironing those out. So you can actually speak to it's a decision speak, yeah. maker. Yeah, definitely. As opposed to if you walked into a bank on the high street, you just speak to whoever the face of the bank is. Yeah. Okay. But how does that compare if Josh just goes direct to HSBC to do a mortgage? I think the bigger lenders, it's... It, it's more of it goes through a system, and um, whereas our underwriters, it's full case ownership. So okay. it's that for that one person from start to finish looking after Josh's cases. Whereas if he went to one of the bigger lenders, it flies through a system and probably picks up a task at certain points, and it'll be picked up by the next available person. So it's not always the same underwriter seeing it through from start to finish. So okay. some lenders, it's a very rigid computer says no type system yeah whereas with katie and accord if i've got a mortgage which might be a little bit outside their normal criteria but i think is a good borrowing for accord i can call katie up and discuss it and she can have a chat with the underwriter or i could have a chat with the underwriter to make sure they're still happy to do it yeah does that mean it's quicker the application process. I think it's quicker because if Josh has called me about a case that might be a problem, he's eliminated those problems before he's actually put a case in and you've got a name for that person when Josh does put it in. Hmm. So, 
and is there a typical time that an application takes? Average application to offer probably around 11 days. That seems quick. Yeah. Is that purchases or remortgages as well? That's across, across, across the board, oh. yeah. That's what average means, Mark. If I didn't know the same product. I'd just like to wind you yeah. up. After. <laughs> <laughs> well, I recently had a remortgage done and I think that took more than 11 days. I won't mention who my mortgage broker was. <laughs> I won't mention what the problems were. <laughs> What's the best thing and the worst thing about being a business development manager? I think the best thing is definitely helping people get their dream homes, for sure, and dealing with brokers. That obviously, obviously, that's amazing, yeah. Obviously, answer. And the worst thing is when things go wrong. Um, I bought a property this year, and if that had gone wrong, I know how upset I would have been. Yeah. So you kind of do have to put yourself into the customer's shoes, and if it went wrong, you obviously would be gutted. It makes you feel a bit helpless. So give us an example of something that's gone wrong. It could be a range of things. It could be that a property is downvalued and there's not much a card can do about that. So what does downvalued mean? So if they agree to buy a property at, say, 200000 and then the valuer goes out, he might value it at one eighty, and the client doesn't always have the deposit to make up the difference because they've still agreed to buy the property at a certain amount. Are you finding that's happening a lot at the moment? Quite often, and is there a particular areas where that's more common? No, it is across... All over the country? All over the country, yeah. What about Brexit? Are you seeing any change in the type of application or how much people are willing Boo, to Boo, Brexit borrow? questions, boo. You don't like Brexit? I think it's a current thing. Yeah. Is that making much of a difference to, to how busy you are? No. No? Surprisingly, I think people are still just going about the business as mm. normal. That's the thing, because there seems to be a lot of panic about the housing market crashing and yeah. banks giving up lending, but I guess people are still going to have to move and they're still going to have a need to have a roof over their head. Yeah. You probably see it a little bit more of clients getting longer term fixed rates. Mm. That's probably it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing lenders now, I think for the first time in my professional career, offering 15-year fixes. Is that something you're doing yet? Yeah, we launched a 15-year product. Over the wow. last couple of weeks. What's the response to that being like? I think it's a mixed... It, because it's got early repayment charges throughout. Not for everybody, the whole 15 years? Yeah, so not everybody wants to be tied in yeah. for that length of time. But It's a long time, isn't it? 15 years. It is, yeah. And how, how do you underwrite that compared with a two-year fix? There'd be no difference. Even though it's like longer lending? Yeah, because most of the time you've got a long longish term anyway probably 25 years so i think they probably look at the term more than the the fixed rate okay i think accord are very always try and help brokers and be very friendly to brokers and come up with clever ideas i think i don't know if you still do it but at one point last year you had a a um a period where you were sending hampers to clients borrowers upon completion is that something you're still doing yeah welcome boxes welcome box. so what so tell our listeners what that was yes yeah, so accord send clients who are purchasing a property a welcome box when that completes nice. so it's you don't have to be a first-time buyer you can be a mover as well and it's just a little Mark's ham- a bit of a mover aren't you <laughs> more of a shaker a shaker, a shaker. Yeah. 
it's just a little hamper. It's got some coffee, tea, biscuits, a bit of chocolate, some mugs, and it's got a moving home checklist as well, nice. and a card which is hand signed by by a card. But the difference with the card is that we send it out from the broker. There's no reference to a card, so it's just trying to make the brokers look good. Yeah, it's quite nice, because uh, we can't do it ourselves, yeah, so we exactly. need a culture. I thought it was quite a nice touch. Yeah, so we do encourage the brokers to take the credit. So for any of the Ultra Practice clients listening who have <laughs> recently bought a property with a cord, you now know where your box has come from. Yeah. <laughs> Can you give us an example of a challenging mortgage that you've managed to get approved recently? Yeah. So this is something that happens on a daily basis. So it is hard to pinpoint one really complicated case. Um, however, last week I did manage to get a buy-to-let case through below our minimum income, actually no earned income. Okay. Yeah. So our criteria would be we need someone to earn 25000 per year and that has to be from earned income, so not from the rental income that they get from their buy-to-let properties. And this particular case was a really strong case throughout. So our lending specialist team did agree that one. What made it strong throughout and why they why were they comfortable? They were comfortable with the risk because this particular client had a portfolio of buy-to-lets which self-funded at a really good rate. They didn't have a lot of debt and they had a really high credit score as well. And the conduct of the accounts that we could see was really good. So, good. But the, so the income that's relied on is from the rents from the other buy-to-lets? Yeah. Interesting. Because I guess you also see a lot of pessimism about the buy-to-let market because of the extra stamp duty charges and yeah. I guess clamp downs on landlords because of tax changes and all that. But it's, it seems like there's still positivity out there if if, if people like Accord are taking applications like that, if there's flexibility. Yeah, I think that's what we... Are definitely trying to put out to brokers that we are flexible with our criteria. So how would someone know if you're a new mortgage advisor or a mortgage broker into this profession and you're just looking at your criteria, how would they know to call you to see if it's possible? Because if they just look to the criteria, it's going to say no. Yeah, I think this is important why um, brokers should have regular contact with their BDM. Because uh, Brooks are so busy, it is probably easy just to say, I really can't have this appointment, I can't book you in, I'm too busy. But these are the kind of things that we can discuss and that we can get over the line. Okay. How do you th- how do you communicate with brokers? Because if, obviously if you're gathering Belfast to Boreham Wood to Watford yeah. or whatever, I, mean, I guess you don't have time to phone them up every day. No, so we work in a similar way to a BDM that's out on the road. We have appointments every day. They are pre-booked appointments. And the only difference is that we're doing it over the phone, not face-to-face. So it would just be a case of a few weeks before ringing the brokers, booking an appointment. And then at the time, you just give them a call instead of going into the office. Hmm. And what's a cord like to work for? What's it like being an employee there? If you ask... Anyone within the Accord slash YBS group, what they would say is it's the people that you work with that makes working for Accord so great. I love working for Accord. I, I don't want to leave ever because it is such a nice place to work. That's nice to hear. Yeah, it is. And there's so much support available professionally and personally. And I think that's really important in an employer. You need to know that you've got the support throughout anything that happens in your life. So if there's anyone interested in 
working for a cord or becoming a, a BDM? What's the best way to to get into it? I think having the financial services background is always beneficial, but I wouldn't say it's always required. I think if you're willing to put the hard work in, because there's a lot to learn to come into this industry, as long as you're willing to work hard, you can do it. I think starting off, well, I started off in like the call centre, so just the new business inquiry line for brokers. So I didn't have postcodes that I looked after and I was quite lucky to progress through to the BDM role quite quickly. So I think that was a really good starting point for anybody that would look to want to start a career as a BDM, maybe something on those lines. And are there, were there any hurdles that you had to overcome? In terms of getting into the BDM role, probably not. I was really lucky that I did develop so quickly into that role. But I think the hurdles probably started when I was in the role because I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself to perform as well as your peers. And some of my peers have been BDMs for like 15 years. So it's just a bit more of a pressure that I put on myself. When you say to perform as well as them, how is that judged? So you've you've got targets, okay. but according they're not that focused on individual targets as long as they can see that you're doing what you should be then they don't really have a problem but obviously you you still want to hit your targets everyone wants to hit the targets if they've got one yeah and you have to have a very good memory because whenever I call with a query you seem to know your criteria inside out do you read it every night before bed Sadly not. <laughs> How do you keep it all in, all in your head? It just it's just there. It stays there. It's I think experience. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you get asked certain questions so much, it, you just automatically know the answer. But that doesn't work with my wife, though. Cause <laughs> she asks me questions so much, and it just goes right through me. Selective yeah. hearing, yeah. guys. Do you find you're hindered or, or helped at all by regulation? Like, do you need to worry about what the FCA is thinking? Yeah. I do think you're always conscious of that, especially in your conversations with brokers. And, you know, you sometimes you have to kind of question is is that broker t- telling, you know, the true story or or is the client telling the broker the, the, the full story as well? Mm. And especially with the GDPR that's up, that's all coming as well. That's probably the biggest thing that's hit a card. Do you need to have any qualifications, like mortgage qualifications to be a BDM? No. But you just get the inside knowledge of a business I guess and, and the sector yeah. yeah a lot we do have a lot of um, BDMs that have been mortgage advisors previously so that probably helps them in in getting the BDM job but it's not something that Accord needs you to have as a BDM okay so shall we move on to ask Katie some non-mortgage related questions okay yeah don't yes. sound so excited do it I'm a bit nervous for Katie <laughs> Katie, what's the best advice you've been given about money? I think the best advice has come from my parents about money. They give me two pieces of advice. The first one, always have a pot of money for an emergency. I like it. So that could be if your car breaks, if you lose your job, always make sure you've got some spare money aside. And did they give any advice on how big or small that pot of money should be? I think make sure you've always got a few months salary. I think that is sound advice from Mr. and Mrs. Stevenson. It is. It's great advice. But on the flip side, my dad encourages me not to save for when I'm old. What? Oh, Oh. interesting. How come? 
because you might not get there. Enjoy yeah. your money now. Wow. Seize yeah. the day. Yeah. Car- yeah. Carpe diem. Carpe diem. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, there is a school of thought that says just spend it all whilst you got it. And for some people, that'll be perfect because they won't get to the end. Yeah. For the people that do, they might regret that. I, th- I think personally, you've got to have a balance between enjoying yourself now yeah. and having some money for the future. Maybe your dad knows something we don't and he's got a pot of money for you for when you're older. I don't think he does. Oh, I think that's why he's <laughs> telling me, spend your money because I'm not giving you yeah. any. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you bank with, Katie? I bank with Barclays for my own account joint account Santander okay also I've just opened an account with Monzo Monzo tell us about Monzo I think they're a bit of an up-and-coming account provider and if you have their app does do either of you have I've looked at it are they the online only bank yeah yeah um so it kind of breaks down your spending for you so you can you just transfer however much money you want into that account you can have your salary paid in if you wanted and you can make savings pots so I don't know if you're going on holiday you could make a pot for that uh, if you're going I don't know if you're saving for a new car you can pot that and for a house so kind of separates all your money but also breaks down what you spend in sounds interesting it gives you alerts doesn't it every time you it does it's yeah like checking up on you every yeah. time you spend every money. time you spend money it says you spent this on a frappuccino or whatever yeah. so it kind of makes you feel guilty it does because if you if you look at like the end of the month yeah. and you look at the amount you spent on food yeah you know like eating out at nando's or yeah. mcdonald's and you just think oh my god i've spent so much money on that that sounds like a, a great little tool to have to keep yeah. you uh keep you sensible so are you I was going to ask if you're a saver or a spender, but it sounds like then, because of your dad, you're a spender. A bit of both, yeah. What's the most luxurious thing you've purchased? My apartment. Your apartment, okay. Yeah. Cash or card? Card. I will spend cash if I have cash in my pocket. Okay. <laughs> pension or property? I think personally, pension. Um, but I think property can be good if you do it the right way in the right areas. What is your money weakness? What do you waste your money on? Food. <laughs> McDonald's, Chinese and YBS Canteen. Is it a good canteen? It's a great canteen. They've got a Costa coffee nice. in there. So obviously that's quite a regular occurrence. And they do the best breakfast. What do you have? It depends. So they do fresh omelette. That's good. And they do full English porridge. Anything. Porridge is in part of a full English. They've changed the full English <laughs> since I last had one. Do you have any protection policies in place? I do, yeah. So I'm covered for my life and any critical illness that I may get. Very good. Just so I don't leave the other half in a bad way if anything happens. Sensible. Yeah. What would you do if you won the lottery? From a selfish perspective, I would repay my mortgage. I'd like my family not to worry financially as well. Um. But I would also like to give back a little bit. Well, thank you, community. we appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Not to your specific community, <laughs> maybe a charity. Um, the YBS group do a lot of fundraising for a charity called End Youth Homelessness. Okay, and what's that? It's, what the charity? What? Yeah. yeah, it's it is just a charity set up to help support young people that are homeless for any reason. Um, it could be that they've had bad upbringings or um, you know they've lost the job and they're out on the streets but according 
that's their charity of choice. So is, does that change yearly or is that on an ongoing basis? Yeah, it changes every couple of years. Um, so we're partnered with them for a few years now and so far we've raised over 600000 Fantastic. I think that's great for a mortgage lender to be working towards ending homelessness. Yeah, definitely. When Josh advises on a mortgage, he gets um, a procurement fee and his advisory fee charges how, how do you guys as how do the bdms get paid yeah so all the bdms are salaried just a set salary and everybody that works for ybs if ybs performs well will get an annual bonus nice. and they have just recently changed that this year to group performance related rather than than individually and i think that's because a lot of people put more pressure on themselves mm to perform and not identifying where they're underperforming because they're worried that the bonus would be affected. So to take that away, they've just said, as a group, how we perform, you will be rewarded. And hopefully that promotes a bit more teamwork. Yeah, and I think it's, it is about seeing potential. If you're underperforming or you need to develop in some way, it's trying to get people to highlight that without worrying about any financial impact from a bonus. And how often do you find you're in the office compared with on the road? Majority of the time I'm in the office. Um, the other half of my team is London-based. So for team meetings, we would be up and down to London a fair bit. And probably three or four times a year, I'll get out of the office to actually go and see some of my brokers. Who's your favourite broker? Josh. <laughs> I've got to say that. Life on air, yeah. yeah. How can people find out a bit more about Accord? I think the first place to start would be our website on our website which is accordmortgages.com you can find information about our products our proposition and our processes would um brokers only or would borrowers go on the website it is the intermediary side of the website and there's nothing stopping a customer going on there if they wanted to have a a look around and see what accord do and what accord offer okay Um, but on there we do offer something called a growth series and that's that that's um, it's something that we've developed to basically help brokers build their business. And what we was hearing a lot of that brokers are really good at being brokers and giving mortgage advice, but maybe struggling a little bit with the other side of things. So marketing. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> it could be new technology. It could be marketing. And um, so we kind of developed a range of vlogs blogs podcasts vlogs look at that are you kids in your lingo (laughs) are you on any vlogs no no so you've got vlogs blogs podcasts podcasts and then guides as well so like kind of fact sheets and you can get all those on the website. Yes, we're a broker. It's only available to our brokers and they can register online and every so often they'll get an email into their inbox with what the latest content would be. I don't think I'm registered for that. You should so register. I'll have to sign you, up. You need to sign yeah, up. Yeah, I'll that do that. be your second favourite podcast. Yeah, I'll do <laughs> that later. Yeah, so it, it has all sorts on there um, ranging from how to boost your LinkedIn content, your Facebook content, um, a guide on generating more leads, how to write an effective blog, if you Not wanted blog, to. Blog. Um, we do also offer things that you can pass to the clients as well. So a moving home checklist, um, a guide to how the mortgage process works, if they're a little bit unsure. 
and one that's proved really popular is a buy-to-let properties and tax guide for potential clients that may be looking to go into the buy-to-let side of things. Katie, thank you for joining us. I hope everyone got an insight there into record mortgages. That's all we have time for. So for now. Thank you for being in for a penny. Fantastic. Very good.